Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It's another busy weekend of action headlined by the Dublin Racing Festival. There also could well be Cheltenham clues at Sandown, Musselborough and Weatherby. We might have a little quick flick through them at the end as well, but main focus this week has to be on Ireland and here to help. As per is Jim Watson, how are we mate? Doing really well, a great weekend last weekend, not necessarily on the tipping wise, but uh, watch it through the telly, watching, watch it through the telly, uh, watching Paisley Park, uh, nab champ after that absolute shambles of a start from him, um, give me some thrill and almost a bit of justice for all them years I've been suffering with champ nab, nabby Manila Indoor, um, a little bit of justice for the, uh, for the Manila Indoor fans of that day and, uh, great to see the old boy back. Some also nice performances, Pied Piper, very impressive and, um, I'm one not to think that form will be very good in, in a couple of weeks' time, but um, a, a, still a, a very impressive performance and, and, and a really enjoyable weekend of racing last week. And hopefully this weekend will continue. Some Cheltenham clues are plenty all across the countries, uh, and hopefully we can provide you with a few winners. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, my my weekend was absolutely ruined by Jim's. The most disgusting forecast of all time actually coming up. Shantry Hound and Slow Tina. <laughs> the yeah. king of seven barrows delivering the goods. He was obviously listening the other day and thought, you know what, we'll just trot over to Polly Gundry's and uh, go and have a word with Santini and tell him to go and finish second. And I have never cheered that horse home so much in my life just to... The, the immense satisfaction I got on Saturday afternoon sat on my couch. Honestly, mate, that, that's the most impressed I've been with Santini for a long while. To be fair, I thought he ran a good race. I thought I right ran a good race. So it makes me even angrier that Shanty House was absolutely minging and still won. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And people tipping in for the Gold Cup now at 33s, I love that as well, because they're just going to waste the money. Um, however, I did say after the race, and this was, it wasn't the race before the cleave. It was 66.75 to 1 for him for the stayers hurdle for Santini. Now, we all know the stayers hurdle is a, is a shambles at the minute and probably going to be one of the most enjoyable races of the season. <laughs> due to the fact of the rogueness that there is in the race. Everything that's in it's been beaten or uh, there's no standout start. It's it's could throw up any sort of surprises. I'd chuck Santini in the stairs and see what happens. Nah. I, I, I think run him in the Gold Cup again and just hope he plods into third. I don't think that's a, that's a dafty thing that could happen. I won't back him again because obviously... Santini in it in a gold cup but it's it's a wide open race this year and when you're looking at the likes of Protector and Chantry House as kind of you know the second tier in the betting Santini at a much tastier price than them I think is probably a more viable option in terms of filling the frame surely at least two of them will be better than him though surely Uh Away from Cheltenham last weekend, though, it is, of course, a Dublin Racing Festival. So much action to get stuck into, Jim. We'll have to fly through a lot of it. Uh, with main main focus on the grade ones, to be fair, starting with the, Nathaniel Lacey 
solicitors and partners, uh, novice hurdle. They are the words. I don't think I've said them in the right order. Uh, but Hollow Games is nine to four five ahead of What Do You Want at eleven to two. Sixers Grand Jury and Minella Kruna and Bron thirteen to two. Eric Bloodax fourteen's Minella Kakuna and forty to one Freedom to Dream. Uh, Jim, I'm happy enough to start here because I've backed Minella Kruna for the Albert Bartlett. So I make, wins. Make your case. But I just think he's very good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he's just like a fuller for a stayer. Obviously bumped into the uh, Ballymore Fav last time, uh, sorry, on his first start over hurdles in the shape of Journey with me, with Kilcrut in third. Looked like a stayer that day, up in trip last time, and he was just toying with his opposition. Uh, I got him at 14s for the Albert Battle immediately after. I think he's as short as 10s now. Uh, and this sort of mid-range trip looks looks very very much up his street on the way to what I hope would be a successful bid at Cheltenham. Uh, look, it's a, it's a good race. This is always one of my favourite races of the year, to be fair, Jim, because it's always a competitive novice hurdle. You know, we kind of already, I guess, would you kind of agree with me in saying that Supreme and Ballymore horses have reputations from very early in the season? Whereas the stayers don't so much. So then we kind of get races like this in February where there are horses who have already shown a good level of form thrown against each other that we wouldn't, you know, and meeting for the first time. Whereas the pecking order is already a little bit more established over shorter trips. Yeah, yeah, I agree what you mean. Like people's decisions in Albert Bartlett don't come until early January, February. like you look early season, you go that'll they've pin all them to certain races already early season. And I think the fact this isn't three miles, it's two miles six, almost widens its opportunities a bit, and it, it gives the opportunity for a Ballymore horse to probably run it to go. Maybe we could go Albert Bartlett, or definite stayers are more than likely to go to this than other races. So I, I think it, it's a, a a good race, and that's why the fields are so competitive as often. Um, yeah, I like your case from Manila Crooner. You fancied Fakira to win this race a couple of years ago, if I'm or, or last year. If last I'm, season, and he ran well. And a very similar sort of style of horse. I put I put Manila Crooner down, like you said, an out and out stayer. An old horse that I'm certain, certainly interested in this market is Brom. Um, I really like what he did on debut in his bumper uh, over two two at Ballinrobe. But the, at the time, you think a Ballinrobe bumper uh, won't be anything special, but how you bud uh, has come out and won over hurdles first time out, beating a well-touted one of Rich Riches fairly impressively in the end, uh, stayed on really strongly. Uh, Bally Glass, the third horse that day in that bumper, uh, has since won a race at Southall all a bit. I know that's a lower level. But what he did on his debut over hurdles for Bron, uh, at Nace, he beat Killamore and Flame Bearer. Flame Bearer was a decisive winner of a, a nice race, a nice maiden hurdle last weekend micromanaging Prairie Dancer he beat Roaring Potter as well micromanager horse I think he'll be on my radar for the county hurdle if he gets in um, Flame Bearer was very impressive in winning that after he had a bit of a scrap with Bron to be honest because um, jockeys didn't really know where to go and Bron was holding his inside line and pushing Flame Bearer almost running him out almost and Bron stayed strong and he jumped the last and he was green as anything Bron didn't know what he was doing in front 
Um, a step up in trip is certainly something that I think he'll he'll be wanting, and this this distance could be a, a nice middle ground for him almost. And um, his his bumper was over two two, so two miles last time was probably on the sharp end for him. And um, be interesting to see how he goes here against more experienced rivals. It'll be interesting to see what he finds. He's he's was very very green last time, and at six to one, I think he's a fair enough. Uh, price about him and he's one I'll probably be siding with on the day and uh, each way I think he's he's not a bad price Fair enough mate, Hollow Games I I agree that he's the right five looks, like the sort of horse who will appreciate a further step up in trip a Grand Jury was just ahead of him in the Lawlers of Nace as well Look it's, it, it's going to be a good race this, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and it's always one of my well, it's always one of my favourite races of the year since since it's come in. I've 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 really enjoyed it, and it's a little bit of a left field one, but it's always it's always really entertaining. And like, like you said, there's never never a massive standout in it at the price. I don't think there's ever really been a heavy heavy favourite, so you can you can have a bit of a a thrust into it if if you're very keen on one. Uh, the Spring Juveniles are next, Jim, at one thirty-five. Phil Dor and Vauban. Six to four giant fives, Icar Allen. Sevens, the tide turns tens, sixteens bar. Between the top two, mate. Is it? Do you think Phil Dawes a horse though? I know you like a lot. Well, I, I, I was ask, I, I asking you to be fair. I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't really know how to, how to word it. How can you not like what Phil Dawes done so far? You know what I mean? And, you know, he's been, up until last weekend, he's, he's headed the triumph market pretty much all season, hasn't he? Uh, he's more of a staying type, would you not? Would you not think, as a as a juvenile, especially compared to Pied Piper? Uh, but Vabon will probably stay further. He was a listed winner in France on heavy ground on his final start on the flat. You know. <laughs> And obviously the second to Pied Piper, you know, is, is looking like very strong form. Even behind them, the the horse who was third in that in that uh, juvenile was HMSC horse who was, uh, did, didn't win for Ballydoyle but was rated in the mid eighties. You know, wasn't wasn't a mug at all. So that that form looks decent. He's with Paul Nolan now, HMSC horse. Uh, so that you know, there's clear substance to that form given what Vauban and the third did on the flat and what Pied Piper did on the flat and has subsequently gone and done at Cheltenham. Uh, at the prices, though, the solid forms we filled are, is it not? More solid. I mean, he's he's won three races relatively untroubled and he's probably, to me, more priced on form compared to Vaubon, who's a little bit more on reputation at the minute. You know, he was sent off yeah, on his hurdles debut. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, like you said with Phil Dor, you, you expect him to be a better horse probably next year or even further. Uh, sometimes in these juveniles, you, they haven't ready primed early on. And you feel like looking at Phil Dor's pedigree, that he will still be a better horse in a couple of years' time. I, I also almost get a bit of Quilixios about Phil Dor. Uh, like, a, a decent pedigree that's 
that's proper national hunt bred rather than your 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 flats your flat rats uh, in the juvenile division. Um, also, we talked about HMS Seahorse. He's form links with the Tide Turns, who won last time out. He he lines up here. Um, it's not a race I'm all overly enthusiastic about. I'd quite like to see Phil Dorgo and cement his place at the, the top of the market. Ben Siegel's probably a horse who, for the same connections that won the Boodles last year, um, he beat Prairie Dance, who we were pre- previously mentioned, finished behind Micromanage. Um, I, I like what Ben Siegel did last time. I liked how he jumped. Um, clearly knew his job fairly on. He was rated as high as 76 uh, on the flat, winning that mile and five uh, race at Down Royal. Um, he's probably one that uh, would slightly interest me more at a bigger price rather than taking on the favourites, but not a race I'm overly enthusiastic about. And I'd quite like to see um, Fildar and Vorbon take it on just to know where, where to put the Pied Piper for. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'll have a bet in this race. No, I won't. Uh, I'd, I'd give the fraction of up to Phil Dorr because I think he's achieved more so far and therefore when they're the same price, I'd rather just about be with him. But I'd say Vobon's favourite in, in some books, outright favourite. Yeah, I'd rather back Phil Dorr than Vobon. But I wouldn't be surprised if Vobon ends up being a, the better prospect. It's, it's, it's an interesting one. Another interesting one is the Irish Arkle at two ten. Blue Lord thirteen to eight to beat Riviere de Tell at eleven to four. Auton Calor at fours, St Sam at fives, and then Embittered and Bustleton at sixty six to one. Competitive this gym, really interesting. Four horses there towards the top of the market who have all done very little wrong over over fences so far. Any preference? Um, I think I'm going to go for a little bit of a, probably the outsider of the three of Willie Mullins is his Saint Sam. I really like what he did on his debut over fences, beating the Devils coachman and Elbarra. Elbarra had run previously well behind Blue Lord, uh, who's the stable companion of Saint Sam. He did all right in juveniles. He ran a good second, as the, the aforementioned Jeff Kidder in the Boodles was second behind Quilixios last year in, in triumph in, in juvenile hurdle races. And I wasn't really expecting him to be given um, a chase campaign this year. And he surprised me on his debut. Uh, he made all, jumped very, very well. Um, I like what he did. And he brushed aside the Devils coachman, who I, who I still retain a fair amount of ability if he's taken back over hurdles. Um, his, his jumping over fences probably wasn't as good. But um, Rachel Blackmore books, who's probably the... The least fancy, fancied of the Willie Mullins trio, but at five to one, I think offers a bit of a bit of value. Um, he showed a fair amount of improvement from hurdles to fences. I know Blue Lord had very good hurdle form and probably would have well would have finished second in the Supreme last year. Um, but and his two chase starts uh, this year have been very very good. But I, I think thirteen to eight in this race, where I don't think there's an awful lot between them. Um, I think Blue Lord's um, price is possibly slightly short. Rivera de Tell has been rock solid over fences this year. Ran an absolute cracker behind Fernie Hollow. All a bit getting all that weight that day. Uh, she gets the weight here for being the five-year-old there. Um, and another consistent run like she's been showing throughout her, throughout this season will we'll certainly throw her back up there. And Horn Calor um, was third, first time out at Cheltenham behind Quilixios in the, in the triumph. Uh, a good third behind Jeff Kidder as well and made a, 
a, a pretty satisfactory start to uh, chasing career um, at Leopardstown. And I, 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 I like Horton Kalor, but I just think St. Sam might be, at this moment in time, the better horse than him. Um, I know we've not seen as much as him of him as possibly some of the others, but I think St. Sam's just offering a little bit more value for me at 5-1. to one. Um, But I respect Rivera de Tell a lot and I respect Blue Lord, but at fives is, is a price that I think I'll be taking to, as the amount of improvement he showed last time. Um, I think it's it's not a bad price. Yeah, I completely see what you mean. Um, I, I really like Saint Sam. I, I was well, I loved him last season. I thought he was a, for a young horse already, just a very very professional and sound type. One one who knew his job and a horse who all, already seemed like he was going to be just reliable going forward, and he was very good on his chasing debut. Uh, look, you can apply that that sentence to our Uncle R as well. You know, impressive winner against a, a decent rival in Gentleman de May. First time up over fences. The, the top two, I, I think, deserve to be the top two. Riviere de Tell, length and a half behind Fernie Hollow. That makes her the one to beat here on all known form. Getting, you know a good chunk of weight off Blue Lord. I completely get it. Where the case for her where the case for her comes from. I think Blue Lord's probably probably the likeliest winner though, isn't it? It's just whether he's a backable backable proposition at a best price of thirteen to eight when I guess the the current the current form lines at the minute are just Especially with Blue Lord compared to the uh, compared to Art Uncle and St Sammy, just who's chasing debut did we like the best? Mm-hmm. Whereas Riviere de Tell's form is a little bit, you know, goes back a bit further, and the second to Fernie Hollow, there's real substance to that. It's a race I'm I'm really going to enjoy, and I I don't think I'd put anyone off any of the top five if they wanted. If they wanted to have a bet, I, I'd, I'd say I'm probably slightly keener on St. Sam than or Uncle O at the minute. And I think Blue Lord's a likely winner. It's just do I think there should be as much of a differential in price between him and Riviere de Tell? The price is purely putting me off uh, Blue Lord at the minute. And I know he, whoever wins this will probably go favourite for the Arkle. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say probably. I'd say probably. I think we'd all need to improve to be at Edwardstone on what we've done so far. Yeah, yeah. I know you're a massive fan of him. Um, maybe I'm not as in as much agreement of you, but um, I, th- I think whatever wins this will probably go uh, favourite for for the Arkle. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd agree with that, mate. I'd agree. Saint Sam for you then. Saint Sam for me. Just about. Blue Lord in terms of winning the race for me, but I, I'm, I may end up backing something else depending on what the market looks like. Really good little race, though. It is. Handicaps, Jim. Do you fancy anything in the 2.45, the staying handicap over three miles? 
nothing that I've got my teeth stuck into just yet. Um, possibly, if you had to push me, um, Maze Runner um, won. Did he win this race last year? Um, he's a little bit higher uh, in the weights. And uh, I think he's a tentative selection, but um, not not a race I've properly got my teeth into at the moment. Oh, that that's fair enough, Jim. Uh, Dunboyne is very close to the head of the market for the attempts at the minute. Uh, he's eleven to two, second five to win this behind the favourite Panda Boy. So surely he won't win. Uh, Priory Park, I think the one of the ones down the bottom for JP has been steadily progressive this season, and there might be more to come from him at eights uh, already. Won his last two starts. Back to the top class stuff though, Jim. The Irish Gold Cups at three fifteen, and they currently bet Frode on eleven to four, Kemboy eleven to four, Minella Rindo a hundred to thirty, Asterian Falange five to one, Delta Work fourteens. Janadil 14s, Conflated 33s, and Silos Emery 66 to 1. This is so interesting, this, mate. Uh, where would you start? I, don't, I really don't know myself, but I think you'd have to start with the absolute nutcase that's Asterian Falange. Um, obviously, going very well in the John Durkin when on shipping Brian Cooper. Um, I'm still. I've watched the King George back a fair few times, and I'm still pretty sure that if Asterian is still on his feet, I think he'd have nabbed Tornado Flyer. Um, of course, we'll never know. We know his jumping tendencies that, well, he's just not right in the head, really. Um, but that's why he's slightly lovable. I can understand why he's 5 to 1, and he's going to pop up in one of these one day. Um, I think that. He's probably where you'd be best off starting with. Yes, it's a risk that his jumping tendencies will will probably end up on the floor. Um, But in a race that's looking very winnable with some consistent horses that you think he might just have the little surprise wow factor that that could add to the Gold Cup picture. Yeah, I think the one who kind of looks a better the prices has to be a steering flange, doesn't it? He stands up, he's at worst, second in a John Durkin and second in a King George. And that's Which the best form this yeah, season. Rock solid in comparison to some of the others. And one day he will he will stand up. Touch wood. Surely. Surely he can't fall every start for the rest of his career. And if this is the time he stands up, this is a cracking opportunity for him. Everything about this race should play to Frode on strengths, and he's a cracking horse. But as he already had his cup final twice this season. But that being said, it's Paul Nichols, barely a better target trainer in the world. And that, I understand why he's favourite, and he's probably the correct favourite. Certainly more so, I'd say, than, than Kemboy. But. I kind of want to be having a go at him at the prices here. Because yeah. there isn't loads between him and much of the opposition here. Frodon's got a much more illustrious CV than Delta Work. But peak Delta Work probably beats peak Frodon. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking. I, I think Delta Work could be slightly overpriced here. 
We know that his best form comes at Leopardstown. Um, we saw that he won this race back in 2020. Um, and prior to that, he'd won the Savills as well. Um, back, back to his peak form, he, he was probably bang up there. And in recent seasons, maybe we've not seen the best of him. We saw him finish third in the race last year. Um, and he was, he didn't run too badly in the Savills and, um, he never runs well in the, in the champion chase at Down Royal early season that Frodon beat him. And probably at 14 to 1 offers a little bit more value to some of the others in comparison to Ken Boyer. You can get as short as 11 to 4 in some places. Manella Indo, who's been lifeless so far this season. Um, I think Delta Work offers a little bit more value in comparison to the others. What do you make of Ken Boy, Jim? Obviously, won this race last season. Uh, in and out since then, but looked close to his best when he was third in the Savills last time out, beating less than a length. Yeah, his jumping was a little bit of a letdown last time in the Savills, and probably if he jumped a little bit better, he'd probably have been even closer than what he was in the end. Um, he just wasn't at the races at first time out this season. Um, like you said, he's been very in and out winning this in 2021, beating the storyteller in Delta Work. Um, and it's a race that obviously, and a, a race course that he enjoys. He's not getting any younger, is he? And you can't see much improvement. And you'd probably be disappointed if he doesn't, um, if if he's winning this, if I'm being honest. Because I think there's there's better horses in the race than him. Manila Indo, what do you do with him? They've, they've given him a proper positive ride last time from the front. They've put headgear on him and he completely didn't enjoy it whatsoever. He was never really going. There's no zip about him whatsoever. Um, he looked as fat as anything going into the parade ring of the champion chase at Down Royal of course winning the gold cup that suits him so well and it's a bit of a comeback mission and Robbie Power's going to have to be uh, on his A game really to be winning on Manila Indo because I'm, I'm not really too sure that if the life's still there in him to be honest and Froden like you said target trainer anyone you want is Paul Nichols, and he's obviously targeted this race early on Um I, I couldn't back Froden at 11-4, to 4, to be honest, uh, even though he was so impressive on his debut in Ireland this season. I think the two for me would have to be Asterian, Falange and Delta Look. I wouldn't rule it out of seeing a much better performance from Manella Rindo because he was clearly undercooked first time up and he was, I just think he was never ever going to be seen to best effect in a King George. He's not that sort of horse. I thought it was strange, a strange decision to run him there. I thought the tactics on the day were even stranger. Uh, and he got battered. Uh, one else we haven't mentioned, Jim, is Janadil, whose peak form would also see him a little bit underestimated because he's the sort of animal who's, you know, he didn't go to Cheltenham last year, I don't think. I might be wrong there, but I don't remember him being at Cheltenham last season. And then he won the, uh, the old Powers Gold Cup. And then he was second in the John Durkin first time of the season, wasn't he? You know, that's that, that's quite good form. You, you know, the that uh, I don't even know what it's called now, the grade one at Fairy House. Is it the Ryanair novice chase now? that He beat Asterion Falange in that. He might be a half a sneaky one here. At 14 you, to 1 as well. Do you I'm, think I'm, the three mile finds him out, though? I wouldn't be convinced yet. A lot of his better form is over 2-4, 2-5, and I'd be thinking looking towards Cheltenham. He has only got the entry in the Ryanair. I'd, I'd be looking down that, that route. 
I, I don't think he's as strong a stayer as a few others in this. I know, I know it's three miles and it's, he's worth a go, but he was found out last time behind Galvin Aplutar and Ken Boy and even Mellon. So I, I think he's got to improve a little bit more to be, to be competitive here running against a similar sort of opposite, opposition. Yeah, he probably he probably does need to step forward on what he did on the Savills. I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as saying I thought he was a blatant non-stayer. Mm-hmm. And I'd also say probably you know the only other time he went over three miles was when he was fifth in the Albert Bartlett that monkfish one. Like the horse was ahead of him there, latest exhibition Fury Road, Time Hill, and monkfish. You know, they are all, you know, staying, staying, staying. You know, and he's, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out of Janadil being capable of showing high class form over three miles. Uh, but I understand your point and I think it's a fair reason if you want to be against him to, to be against him. Uh, we're surely not both going to go for a steering for launch. I can't believe that we are, but. After the amount of slagging he's got on this podcast and the uh, Asterian Falange raffle of putting him in random different races at the festival, I, I think, I wouldn't say rock solid, but um, at the prices, he's the one of the most interest for me. I agree. I agree. So, the turf top money will last about three fences. Happy days. Uh, anything for you in the Grade B handicap chase, Jim Mount Lens is a fav there. No, nothing for me. No problem, mate. And in the bumper? Uh, I think that's a fascinating sort of race. Fast Our Vega versus It's What Unites Us uh, and the Big Dion and, and uh, Paul Nolan, Sander Cleggan, um, of course, being son of Quavega and, uh, and being in them colours, you've sort of got a bit of a big reputation and he, he rightly obliged last time. Um, the second has come out and won at Navin since in, a, in what I think might turn out to be a nice race. Um, understandable five to six favourite. I'm looking forward to seeing Fasar Vega back out. Um, the big Dion has done nothing wrong. Um, Bally Glass was a horse I mentioned early on. Um, he beat him on debut and beat um, Cool Survivor, who was well fancied from the Gordon Elliott stable, who's since been tonked by Fasar Vega. Um, so I'm hoping he'll run well. An interesting race that will certainly point towards the bumper, but I'd be disappointed if Fasar Vega doesn't get beat. Uh, doesn't uh, if Fasar Vega gets beat? Sorry. Yeah, you'd 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 hope so, given you know that he's odds on and he's currently joint top of the market in the champion bumper, and the fact that Willie's only running uh, one other one, it kind of made me think right. This this is a uh, this should be Fasar Vegas to lose. You know, there must be some confidence behind him for them only to be running the one. On to the Sunday then, pal. Uh, do you care enough about the Mayor's Handicap? Do you have anything in there? I don't. No problem. It can be a decent race. Obviously, Heaven Helpers came out of it last season. Uh, the Ladbrokes Novices Chase, Gallop and the Chomp, is currently 7-4 to four on Jungle Boogie 5s, Fury Road 7s, Master McShee 7s, Capadano 10s, Beacon Edge 12s and Run Wild Fred 16s. Uh, penalty kick for GDC? It certainly is and it'll be interesting to see which way he goes for the festival. There's been a lot of talk for the Turners this week and uh, it'll take on Bob Ollinger staying at 2-5 here. 
Um, hopefully a clear round and um, hopefully line up a, a possible scrap with Bob Ollinger. Um, he just wins simply an 8-15. to 15. Could turn out to be a decent price. And if you're going to back him for the festival, I'll back him now before he runs here. For what race? Uh, to win any race at Cheltenham. Because <laughs> I'm shrewd. Lovely stuff, Jim. Lovely stuff. Uh, the Ladbrokes Dublin Chase, Shaka Possois is 5 to 6, Grenatine 7 to 2, Captain Guinness 5s, Dunvegan 14, Sky Pirate 16s, Cashback 25, Sam Crow 33s, Hardline 40s. Obviously, Shaka Possois wasn't right last time, taking on Tingle Creek uh, winner Grenatine, who obviously turned him over at Sandown. Surely, though, I mean, look, to say he's odds-on for a horse who ran so poorly last time out, I don't even think I mind, because if you're backing him at a shade of odds-on, say just under 50-50 chance, that to me is 50-50 chance that Shaka Boswar is fit. Yeah. Also, you've got to put into consideration the, uh, the fact that he's staying at home this time. Um, the two times we've seen him be slightly disappointing, it's been when he's travelled to either Cheltenham or Sundown. Five to six isn't a price you want to be taking with a lot of trust. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he won. But will I be backing him? Probably not. He's not a horse that's ever really captured my imagination, to be honest. And I, I know he's got a lot of fans out there, but he's just never been quite the horse for me, if, if I'm being honest. Grenatine, a horse who I've had a lot of time for and been begging the trainer to step him up to two mile five, um, was, well, I was putting my corner well and truly when he won the Tingle Creek, um, beat a few that were in behind here, including the favourite. Um, I didn't think ran that badly behind Shishkin last time. Um, obviously, Kempton's not his preferred course. Or, uh, of course, Sandown, Sandown's where he's been seen to best effect. Travelling to Leopardstown and travelling for the first time will certainly be of interest. See how he takes to the course. Um, 7-2, another one that's not a price that I'm exactly sort of buzzing about. I'd like to see it a bit, little bit bigger. Captain Guinness isn't a horse that you can necessarily trust nowadays, even though he was good on his, uh, for, on his first start this season. Dunvegan's done a lot of progressing in his, his last two starts and uh, stepping up from a handicap into a into a grade one and I, I hope he'll be competitive for connections there um, I, I think he'll need to improve a fair amount but in a division that's looking slightly slightly questionable um, I think he might not be too far away, he's improved a hell of a lot um, and had some decent back form over hurdles um, 14s isn't, isn't, isn't an unfair price and probably is where about, probably right where he is um, it'd be interesting to see if Sky Pirate comes over um, I know he got beat by Brave Seska last time but I don't think that was a bad run at all Brave Seska probably aiming at the Grand Annual now um, has done a lot of progression third behind Shiskin and Grenatine um, and given a, a probably didn't suit the race of that uh, of that on uh, in the Desert Orchid a, a faster tempo, which he's more than likely we're going to get here with more runners, will probably be more up his street. Um, and even cash back at 25s, I know I know he had a nice pipe opener over hurdles, being the well-touted classic getaway. Um, wasn't a wasn't a, a bad chaser um, 
throughout his life and I know he spent a lot of time on the floor but there's a few nice runs in behind Notebook at the time and yes he needs to improve again and probably not expected at the age of 10 but 25s is is a price that I, I certainly couldn't rule him out of um, I know that he's going to probably be a fair, a fair amount of distance behind but 25s is is little bit interesting for me um, not a race I'll probably have a bet in and I'm, I think I'm hoping Shakun uh, well, not hoping, but I, I think Shackon will get beat. I just don't know quite by what yet. I know I've never been a Shackon fan. Um, however, <laughs> five to six, I can't be backing him here. I'm sorry. I am a Shackon fan and I probably will back him. <laughs> Fair enough. Not mad money like, but like I say, I, I see it as. We know if he's fit, he wins, and then we're backing him to be fit. That's how I see it. He's so much better than this slot. At yeah. his best. What he did to Alaho last season was a newbie Negra, was the best performance of the entire campaign from any horse. Highest rated steeplechaser in training at the back end of last season. Uh if he hadn't have run in the Tingle Creek, say the ground was wrong and he hadn't have ran there, he'd have been what freeze on. So I'm happy enough to give it a go, mate. You know, Patrick was very happy to excuse what happened at Sandown. This is his backyard. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've been able to get a price like this about a horse as good as CPS in a race in circumstances we know suit him so well. So I probably will back him. Uh, the Sunday's going to be fairly boring from a punting point of view in terms of uh, lots of favourites, but it allows my, my favourite sort of bet, the scumbag treble. <laughs> you love a scumbaggy treble. They're the best of the best. Uh, I do want to talk about the Leopardstown handicap chase, Jim. Go on. Uh, at 2.25 it's not, not normally a really really decent race and there are a couple of horses in here I really like and I don't think we spoke about on the podcast very much before Far away. a horse I have liked for a long time and I've been waiting to see in a handicap chase for more than two years is Gallant John Joe he's finally entered in a handicap chase off a mark of 1.42 I think that's that looks fair enough you know, he was a very decent novice chaser in 2019-20 without winning. You know, got close to Mellon uh, at Leopardstown over Christmas on his on his chasing debut where he was ahead of Chosen Mate who went and won the Grand Annual later that season. And uh, Ante, who's not, a, who's not an absolute mug, and I think he's in England now, actually. You know, good placed efforts in, in grade ones. He was third in the Irish Arkle. A couple of a couple of seasons ago as well, that same year, got to within a length and a half of beating Royal Rendezvous in a Grade Three. Then he was off the track for almost two years. Came back in the uh, Racing Post Novice Chase over Christmas, where I thought he he travelled all right enough. He was it was always going to be a massive ask for him to win that off such a long break, and he was probably never good enough anyway. But I thought he shaped like at least the third best horse in the race behind Bob Ollinger last time out. And that was a good race. Capadano finished second. Gallant John Joe finished fifth, but 
approaching the last, he was he was looking like the third best horse in the race and probably just emptied again, maybe just still slightly rusty. But he's been travelling like all the abilities there in better races than this. One four two. I am excited to see what he can do. Let me see where the price is for him. Ten to one. Up the boy. Uh, you know, he's a horse. He's been a real long term project for me, and uh, I hope this plays to his strengths. I really do, because I, I I just think he's he's a sort of horse who might be good enough to win decent handicaps off this sort of mark. And the other horse is is one who's got a little bit of a different profile, but has has been doing doing well this season. Is Fakir Delen of Gordon Elliott's uh, only had three starts over fences. The first of those. He finished runner-up to Queen Jessie J at Cork. But then he went and won a beginner's chase at Down Royal by 32 lengths. Absolutely danced up. First time in a handicap last time out at Furless. Won that as well. With a really, really impressive round of aggressive jumping. Saw his fences as, as things to attack and threw himself at them. But in a controlled way, not in the way a Styrian Falange throws himself at fences. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he was very, very game to see off donkey ears who looked potentially like he was travelling the better, approaching the last spot. Fakir Glenn, who had been in front the, the entire way, was game and saw that rival off. And he's he's not a bad handicap chaser in Ireland. He's up five pounds for that. I requested a bet on Fakir Glenn to win the Kim Muir and they didn't come back to me. The bastards. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully, we might get a little bit of compensation in this. I think he's going to be a free miler. Well, he'll be a free miler whenever they want him to be a free miler. He's going to stay well, this horse. But he's, he's clearly shown he's competent over two and a half. Uh, he's also 10 to 1. I'll probably back them both. Yeah, nothing from me. Not a race. I've, I've looked too much detail. I'll wait for the declarations to come out. Um, the Shunter, Sam Crow and, and Manella Times, obviously the standouts and uh, possibly Black Bow in there as well. You won't back Sam Crow, will you? No, no. Not, not, then, I'll, then I'll check myself into the asylum. <laughs> uh, Irish champion hurdle, Jim Honeysuckle. 11-4 on. Appreciate it, 9-2. Zana here. Sevens, Sotwa, 14s, Echoes in Rain, 25s, Heaven Help us, 66 to 1. Any point? Um, honeysuckle, schools round. Be nice to see you appreciate it out if he, if he does turn up. Um, he's just, he got the job done last year in, in what was probably a, a slightly weak division. Um, be nice to see him stay over hurdles and possibly put it up to Honeysuckle, but it'll have to be some feet first time out this season. Honeysuckle's been uh, was faultless uh, in the Hatton's Grace and arguably the best she's she's won the race. Um, drew well clear of Ronald Pump, and uh, it's a division she's got by the short and curlies, and she just bolts up, doesn't it? I, I feel like in the Naps comp, it's going to be a um, going to be a Galapanda Champ, Chacon Porsoir. Uh, honeysuckle treble and could there be another one to come yeah look I, I it's impossible to go against to really appreciate it I, I, I really really like last season I still really like but it's going to have to be some horse to to take honeysuckle scalp first time up this season and he's a, a genuinely top class horse you know 
I say on time form ratings in, in the report for the Supreme last season, we had depreciated it so good that it said, you know, deserves to be spoken about in the terms of Duvan and Votar, in terms of how good he was in the Supreme last year. Like yeah. I, I know it was a weak field, but he was he was that good that in terms of you know com- comparing the runs of the three, appreciate it was on Duvan and Vitor's level, you know, and horses like that don't come around very very often. Uh, so I hope he's he's good back to back to near full fitness, uh, just not quite good enough to beat Honeysuckle either at the weekend or in March, and then we can have a lovely chase campaign for him next year. Zana here is a horse I, I really like as well. And I was thinking about this the other day, Jim. In terms of ch- champion hurdle each way betting, because it's, it's a proper dead market. It's very boring. But the one, looking at kind of like sneaky, fill the frame, sort of Cheltenham each way bets, I thought Zana here at 14 to 1 wasn't poor compared to Epiton at 8. Yeah, Zana here's a horse that I've never really grasped hold of, and you've always been a a big fan. But this season, I've slightly gone into my good books, really, and running good races behind Charger uh, at Leopardstown and Punchestown, showing that little bit more improvement uh, that was required. And will probably be the horse that will be chasing home, Honeysuckle here, in my opinion. Um, see what the forecast plays on the day. Of course, we landed the great forecast that was last weekend. Honeysuckle first, on here second is probably where I'll be looking at. Um, not a lot in behind inspires us. Um, heaven help us, will probably set the tempo and make it a decent gallop and Honeysuckle will just sit in behind. Um, Echoes in rain, if getting a good pace, will hopefully settle. She's been slightly disappointing this season. Um, I think maybe a step up in trip for her might be, might be what she wants. Uh, however, I think... Honeysuckle wins simple, simple as and Zana here will probably be second. Um, I hope appreciate as a safe round if he turns up and it'd be nice to see him back out. Aye. I can't disagree with any of that, Jim. Uh, the Tattersall's Island novice hurdles, probably the last race we'll go into into any detail about Sigurhard, 6-4, El Fabiolo, 6-3 stripe life is 5-1. Sorry, I've missed him out. My mate Mozzie Sixes as well. Mighty Potter and Statuary Sevens, Sixteens, Colonel Mustard, thirty-three to one. Bar them, this is a Grade One novice hurdle over two miles. Uh, the entries are competitive. Interesting to see how many of the Mullins lot stand the ground and whether Elliot runs both three strike lives. He doesn't. Mighty Potter's not going. I read. Mighty Potter's today. not going. Not going. I don't think. Fair enough. That makes life easier. Uh, Mighty Mighty Potter to take direct route to Cheltenham Festival. (sighs) Correct. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Thanks for letting us know. Uh, Sigurhard looks very good. But I was very well taken by El Fabiolo. Yeah. I'm not as much, but go on. Uh, He just looked looked like a little bit of a... You know, especially lends itself well to Tremor because it's, you know... Practically a circle, but it's like one of them wind-up toys. It's just like one of them, like Duracell bunnies, just running around, just, going, <laughs> just at the same speed all the way, very fast, like a scale electric. Yeah, yeah, I liked, I, I liked him. I thought it was a really, really impressive debut, and they properly punted him as well. 
So so they know they know they've got a good one there. Segur had though, mate. I guess look, it's hard. It's hard to have a, a serious serious selection not knowing what what the shape of the race is going to be. But he looks very good. I mean, we already know he's very good. We knew he was good due to due to his bumper form. Um, he, he looked good first time out this season. Um, a few slightly novice errors, but that's that was to be ex- expected. This is hotter comp- competition, and if he does a few of them, he'll probably be found out here. Um, two miles. What do you think for two miles, Lou? Do you think they stick to this? If obviously if he gets beat, they'll probably step him up in trip. But in a hot supreme, do you think that's what he'll want? I'd be looking at the Ballymore for him. So would I. But a lot, a lot more winnable. Ninety-two for the Ballymore, uh, or six to one for the Supreme. There's a lot nicer horses, and another one for Mullins is in there that is probably better than him. Um, I, I, I think I'd go for the Ballymore, especially how competitive the race is this year. Um, I think he'll stay very strongly. Uh, I know that we've only seen him over two miles, uh, and it's looking like he'll be staying this way. But this is a nice race, my mate Mozzie. Um, I think would have won the Royal Bond if he jumped the last a lot better. Uh, he beat Mighty Potter and the former. That's been Frank since. Interesting to hear from Gavin Cromwell that he's got a champion hurdle entry. Um, I, I think my mate Mozzie's probably the, the slight bit of value for me in this at fives. Uh, I respect Sir Gerhard at the, at the head of the market and I respect Al Fabiolo, but what my mate Mozzie has done in comparison to Al Fabiolo is a lot more... Um, El Fabiola's on reputation. I know he got beat last time, but I, I probably should have won that race. Um, he beat my chemical energy uh, in in a grade three early on in the season, pretty impressively. Um, proper dominating run from the front. I, I'm expecting him to probably set the tempo and five to one each way at this moment. If he's declared, is is value for me in a scumbag each way bet? Yeah, fair enough, mate. I'd. I'll have a stronger opinion on this face, obviously, when the decks are out. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's a cracking little meeting. It's a Dublin racing festival. I know it's been getting a little bit of stick every now and then over, over the last few weeks, but it's a cracking addition to the calendar. Uh, finish off, Jim, with the Liffey Handicap Hurdle, what used to be the Ladbrook. Obviously, again, no final decks for that, but Cask, mate, an interesting horse. Heading the bit in there. And the Mare's Bumper where Pink in the Park looks to be a strong favourite should she turn up. Uh, that's it for Ireland, pal. Back to England for the weekend. We have another grade one, which kind of goes under the radar, doesn't it, given the action uh, in Ireland. But the Silly Isles at 2.20 at Sandown in grade one, novice chase, obviously. Long Presse, 5-6, to 5-8. to beat. Pick Dory at 15-8. to eight. Mr. Coffee, 10-1. to one. Fugitive 20, 20 to 1 and 25 to 1 Gladiator Alan I mean we have to talk about it because it's a grade 1 but it's not a betting race and long press probably should win although I am a big pick Dory fan we've got all this top quality, quality grade 1 action this weekend and this is the grade 1 we get in England Christ um, Lahon Press was very impressive last time um, I love the way he jumped very efficient over him probably going to be our, our main Protagonist for one of the, the novice chases at the festival. Um, five to six represents a little bit of value to me in a horse who I've never really been inspired by. Pick Dory. I know he beat Favois last time. Um, 
15 to 8 is not a price I can put a lot of trust into. The home press was has been faultless uh, over the fences and, and it's just the way he jumps, just a, a lot more efficient and nice uh, than, than Pick Dory does. Mr. Coffey's attitude slightly worries me. Um, if he really wanted to win it last time, I think he could have beat Giacomo, but I don't think his head was properly in the game and some headgear will probably see him to a bit better effect. Um, but Lahon Press is nothing original at five to six. I think he's is where I'd land. Yeah, fair enough, mate. I don't think I'd have a bet because I'm a, I'm quite a big Pick Dory fan, and I I probably have a little bit less between them, but he is prone to a to a to an error, isn't it? And given how how good long press a jumps, whether that might put him under a bit of pressure, especially at Sandown, uh, worries me slightly. Mm-hmm. Long press was very, very good in the dipper last time. And he, he, like you said, he might end up being, barring Edward Stone, you know, brave man's game or horse, and you know, he's, he's surely got to be one of our, our main hopes uh, for the grade one of his chasers. At Cheltenham, We'll just keep that sand down card quickly, Jim. The contenders hurdle. Everyone slates this race every year, and I understand why, but this year it's a little bit more interesting because at least the good byproduct of all the two mile hurdlers in this country being shit is that these races are actually a bit more interesting than just seeing Bouverdere hack up at 12s on. Yeah, but I swear I've seen this race run about 15 times this season. Um... <laughs> song for someone, I'm very surprised at the continuing song for someone over two miles. It was quite evidently last time that he does not want two miles. Um, please step him up in trip. Please, just please. Um, I don't, I don't, guard your dreams, third behind Stormy, uh, Ireland and McFabulous last time after winning uh, the international beating song for someone. Um, Goshen was... Well, Jamie Moore was not happy with Goshen after uh, the run at Lingfield last time, obviously, uh, hanging the whole way. Uh, going another way around here will certainly suit him. And um, it's, a, it's a question mark. If Goshen heads in the game, do you really trust him? Global citizen, you know what you're going to get for him. He's going to front run. He's going to gallop. And he's, it was just found out by Tommy's Oscar last time. Beat Hunter's call, who reopposes here. Um, it's not a race I'm overly inspired about. Global Citizens a horse I've got a lot of time for and always liked him. Um, it, it's going to be a fun race to watch, but not a betting proposition for me. Uh, I understand what you mean, Jim, in terms of not being a betting proposition. Song for someone might might end up being a bet for me, though. He, he, he shaped like the best horse last time, didn't he? And I really like Guard Your Dreams, but... I kind of think seven out of ten times Song for Someone turns him over. And there's only, what, a quarter of a point between them in the market at the minute. He's 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 just a, a, a very decent horse at this level. You know, I understand what you say, you know, he clearly doesn't want two miles. But I, I kind of guess the fact that he doesn't want two miles and he's still probably in the top five two-mile hurdlers in this country. Says a lot. Probably even the top three. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't want two miles, so let's run him around one of the sharpest tracks in the country at over two miles. Blows my well, mind. 
he was giving Guardian Dream six pounds last time out. They're off levels here. He probably, he'd, I bet he'd have been. I bet on another day he'd have, he'd have given him six pounds and a beating. Uh, Goshen wants three miles now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And you know, even though he ran like an absolute div last time, that was the most impressed I've been with him in a while. Probably since he won the King. Well, well, definitely since he won the King. Well, I can't have been impressed with anything he did in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved it when he was. When he was darting sideways at Cheltenham, that was brilliant. <laughs> Christ. Uh, he almost won a race, despite, I don't know, crab walking for, for half a mile. Uh, but you can't back him. Uh, global citizens shouldn't be good enough to win, and same with Hunter's Call. Uh, yeah, song for someone should be shorter. I, I couldn't have anything in this race, even if you paid me. If you give me a free bet, I won't even back it. I'd tell you, keep your money. Oh, no. Uh, the Virgin Bet Heroes Handicap Hurdle uh, is a grade three at 2.55, over three miles. Beauport and Rioja, 17 to... No, that's 13 to two. Why can't I read numbers, Jim? <laughs> One of them days. It is. It feels like I've been here a long time. They're 13 to 2 giant fives, Green Book 7s, Aubrey's Legend 8s, Call Me Lord 9s, 11s, Don Levant, who's just witty key, possibly. What, what was that again, sorry? Jesuiti key. Oh, I'd, I'd love that northern pronunciation. They were better the second time. <laughs> <laughs> I had about three more syllables in there first. <laughs> Born Patriots 12s and 16 to 1 bar them. Jim, I assuming we're sticking with Green Book, the pair of us? Um, not necessarily. I think this is this is one of the best races of the weekend in England. Um, I like Bopar a lot. Um, and he was very impressive in that Sandown novice hurdle um, that he won. A, a good, two good seconds, including behind Dashiell Drasher last time, uh, who ran creditably over fences. Rioja is a horse I mentioned um, last time he ran, I know he was a short price and won impressively, um, but pitched into a handicap. I think very, very fascinating here, giving an open and uh, giving a mark of one at thirty after being put two pound for that. He beat complete unknown first time out. It was a horse, so I think I, I, I've got a bit of time for him. I, I think staying distances could play into his hands later on. But off a mark of one thirty here, sneaks in off a low weight. I, I like the chances of him. Um, Green Book, as you've mentioned, is a horse who. We both liked to win the Lanzarote. He technically did win the race, um, all of it without uh, Ned Fox aboard. Charlie Deutsch takes over here, and I'd be disappointed if he's not competitive. Don Levant uh, won the stayers, the, the old fixed brush at Haydock. Has been put up a fair amount in weight since, but ran in competitive races and was fifth behind Cobbler's Dream in that Lanzarote. Um, didn't run that badly in that. Uh, and you chuck in Born Patriot, who who hasn't been running too badly at all. A good second behind Kansas City Chief, who's held held a, uh, held the form well this season. Um, I, I don't think he'd be too far away in this between Rioja and uh, Green Book for me. I'm happy enough to stick with Green Book. You know, we we both made our case for him in the Lanzarote, uh, as Jim said, he technically won it. Uh, despite not having a rider for what 
three quarters of the race. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not allowing myself to stoop to that level. I said it at first as a joke, but then it actually makes me sound like I'm actually using it as a case what a horse is doing loose as actual form. Uh, <laughs> I need to I need to stop saying he technically won the Lanzarote because I've copied that off you. And I, at first it became it was it was humour, but now, but yeah, look, he's 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 novice hurdling form. And in handicaps is, is, is decent. You know, just looks like he's going the right way and I'd expect him to be competitive. The other one I'd give a shout to is Orbis Legend. He's already won twice this season, including in a competitive event, obviously the Silver Trophy at Chepstow. Won a attempts qualifier at Wincanton last time out. He's only up £5 to that. He's been, you know, going forward all season and he's won. He's gone up £12 for winning the Chepstow Silver Trophy and then a a fairly strong race at Wincanton. I think you could make a case for him going up further than that. And eight to one, we know he goes well in races of this nature. That'd be the two for me. Yeah, a, a, a proper handicap hurdle on a Saturday that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, agreed, mate. Uh, the Virgie Bet Masters handicap chase is at three thirty. Five star getaway seven to two. Farinay falls. Linley King. Five to one, Daisha Abba seven to one, Capcross fifteen to two, nines under supervision, Tensla Milos and sixteen to one, Real Steel Jim. Any opinion in this, mate? Nothing strong, but Capcross was due to run last weekend, but the the dodgy ground at Doncaster uh, played played foul to that. If the ground's good here, I think he'll go very well here. Uh, Linnelly King is not a horse I've, I've often been a big fan of, and I think he's slightly too short in the in the market. Uh, five star getaway was good beating Fortescue. The form's been frank since. Um, and Farinay stepping up to three miles. I, I like a bit of dig underfoot, I think, ideally, but an interesting race. No strong selections, but um, I think Farinay and Cap Course will, will be where I'll be thinking at at this moment in time. Yeah, nothing immediately takes my eye, to be fair, in this race. I thought under supervision would run better than he did at Cheltenham last time out, and I'm not sure, however, the fact that he was a soundly beaten fav last time has made his price bigger than it should be on what he was doing before. Mm-hmm. So he's half interesting at 9-1. to one. Uh, Five-star getaway is the right favourite progressive last season. Beat a horse we both like in Fortescue at Kempton last time out. You know, he's come out and ran well in the Peter Marsh since. Right far for Christian Williams. Farinet, the non-runner last week, needs to prove he stays three miles. Uh, but he's still a very well-handicapped horse. You've, mm-hmm. you've had your say with Lina League King. Daisha Abba, I know this is his backyard, but I just don't trust him at all. <laughs> I, d- I don't blame you. I don't trust him. Uh, Cap course is interesting because he doesn't run very often. But I thought he looked he looked quite good when he won the Peter O'Sullivan last time out. First time over three miles over fences. He's got he's very low mileage for a nine year old. What do you make of him? He's entered in the Grand National, which I thought was an interesting one. Yeah, um, like I said, I think ground's cr- crucial to him. Um, and if it's good ground, I think that's more up his street. We've seen him run on good ground most of his career, and his disappointments have been on soft. So, 
Um, he's, he's obviously very fragile and needs to be looked after. Not that many runs for a nine-year-old, but I, I think he's a value at 15 to 2. Yeah, fair enough, mate. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against that at all. Uh, we'll wrap that up for Sandown, Jim. And given, given how, how much there is, I think it's just going to be a quicker, not even really a flick through. A hoist and yours winning the Towton at Weatherby. He's 8 to 13, Fav. Lump on him to beat St. Palais, because he will do. Uh, I'd make him much shorter than that. I just don't think things went right for him at all at Kempton. I still retain faith. This is a proper, proper grade one horse. Yeah, I, I think he is as well, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes after this. Uh, and you, you like something up at Musselburgh, Jim. It's their uh, little Cheltenham trials weekend, and there's lots of quite good, quite good races. Obviously, they have the Scottish County and the Edinburgh National, the two headlines on Saturday, and a, another good card, including the Scottish Champion Chase on the Sunday. It's a really good little meeting at Musselburgh. Unfortunately, it kind of gets overshadowed by everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... My main fancy at Musselburgh this weekend comes in the Scottish County Hurdle, and it's 5 and 20. Dropped to a mark of 1, 2, 4. We saw her improve at Musselburgh last season in juvenile hurdles. Uh, she had a good third behind Mon Morel and Adagio at Aintree. Um, she was found out uh, later on that season in, in, the, in the Cheltenham Grade 3. She ran the competitive mayor's hurdle first time out that she'd never really had a chance. Then she ran in the Hogmanay Handicap Hurdle at Musselburgh behind Tommy's Oscar, Christopher first impression. There's nothing of that quality, I don't really think, in here. Dropping in March to a mark of one, two, four. Donald McCain's having a cracking season and five to one is a hell of a price. I think she's got an outstanding chance. Fair enough, mate. I can't really disagree with any of that. Do you fancy telling me your naps then, pal? Yep. Um, my nap of the weekend will come in that race. It will be five and twenty at Musselburgh. My next best will come at Weatherby, a horse that's featured in my nap comp before in our jet. Dan Skelton uh, into into another race, and Harry Skelton takes uh, control this time, and I think he'll go very well. And can my third best be a Lewis Tomlinson muggy treble? Go on. Lahon Press, Ahoy Senor, Galapond de Champ. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I like, I like that. I like my muggy trebles. Uh my nap is also probably going to be up at Musselburgh. It'll be cool mix in the veterans chase up there uh, for conditional jockeys under Alan Doyle, holding his own in competitive races against good horses. You know, fourth in the rehearsal, only behind Kaluki and Cat Tiger last time out at Donny. This is much easier, and hopefully at 100 to 30, Cool Mix will be capable of getting the job done there in slightly calmer waters. My next best mate will be song for someone in the contender's hurdle. Uh, I just think he's, he's, he's a price at 9 to 4. He should be shorter. He's the best horse in this race. Uh, and go on, I'll have my own, my own treble. Uh, Galapanda Champagne, Senor, and Honeysuckle. Horrible. Fair enough. Look at us the. Horrible. I bet that pays about six to four. <laughs> <laughs> you could put them together and mix mine and Lewis's together to get a little bit of value. Hopefully. Hopefully. I was so close to putting a Styrian Falongin as a third best. Is that more fun? 
That's more fun. Anything with Asteria and Falange. Just Napcom Asteria and Falange. Just to prove that we take this podcast seriously. <laughs> the lunatic. Up the boy. Jim, thanks for being here. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot to look forward to this weekend, mate. A lot to look forward to. A lot of short price favourites. Don't do your fingers in. Uh, don't do your fingers in. Don't don't do yourself uh, any misfortunes um, <laughs> playing these odds on favourites. This close to Cheltenham, save your money uh, for for another week. Uh, just whack it all on Asterian Falange. He's like spinning a roulette wheel. I disagree. Lump on. <laughs> money is money at any time of year, boys. Uh, <laughs> this, this weekend is a, is a Lewis Tomlinson special of uh, multiple sort oh, of disgusting fantastic. accumulators, which is just not me. Flash, flashing price boosts left, right and centre. Happy days. <laughs> uh, no, thanks. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Really looking forward to it this weekend. Uh, thanks for being here, Jim. Thanks for rating the races for their support. And we'll see you all again soon. Take care. See you soon. Stay safe.